straight from GP, ran to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets, these are voices for the people that don't get to speak, issues, black news, the conversation's deep, shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat, iPods, Androids on your laptop, these boys swinging for the fence, saying lie, then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids and now they at the top, you want facts, this is where I get them from, GP3, RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? We are back It is GP3 round 94 Amazingly, we are pushing it toward episode 100 Tommy B is in the house Ran, uh, Ran is out this week y'all family emergency so he's traveling but it's all good i told him we would hold it down and luckily i got some help let's see i hope they're still here the uh the podcast 80 50 a different 50 podcast um are they're joining me today and let me see i got leslie leslie you in i'm here all right let's see donna you in the house i am here all right very good very good hey i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and do some housekeeping y'all hang on don't don't leave don't run away because uh me and Rand tend to run guests off every now and then. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, I'll be good, I promise. But uh, thank you, uh, Leslie and Donna, a different 50. I'm gonna let them tell a little bit about their podcast. But um, we are GP3, and GP3 stands for Grove Park Three. Uh, three brothers, we started this podcast um, almost two years ago. And actually, we did it for the election, and and it's just been going on. We're almost at episode 100. Uh, we all graduated from the Grove Park area of uh, of Atlanta, ladies. If you ever hear about Bankhead, that's uh, that's that's where we grew up. So, and um, myself, I'm Tommy B, drinking tea and trying to clear my throat. You know, you know how it is when it starts to get hot, and 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 you used to the rain and and kind of chill, and now all of a sudden it's hitting July and the rain's going away, and you're getting like the full blast of summer. That's what I'm feeling today. So so hang with me. Well, Tommy, you and I are in the same boat. <laughs> battling a cold, and I'm sitting here drinking tea myself. Oh, man. I'm drinking tea, and it's like 90 outside. But but that's that's how I get through it. But um, Tommy B's in the house. Uh, Ran uh, was from South Elizabeth Place, uh, street right over near, north, uh, near the uh, Grove Park area. Myself, I was at North Avenue, and Tut uh, was on Charlotte Place. So, ladies, I'm, I'm gonna give y'all a chance to tell us a little bit about a different Fifty podcast, uh, and and whoever wants to start, just jump in and and let us know what's up. Go ahead. I'll let leader uh, Leslie's the leader of this, so I'm gonna let her take that lead. <laughs> okay, okay, sure, everyone. Hi, um, my name's Leslie, and. I had the idea to start a different 50 podcast because I became a big fan of podcasts over the last few years. However, I didn't hear any voices that were around my age group. Um, I think the millennials have been killing it in that um, killing arena. It. <laughs> yeah, have. they're killing it. And I was a little jealous. <laughs> and I, um, I said, well, I have something to say, too. So I reached out and I, I, I was going to originally do the podcast by myself, but I gave it more thought and, you know, thought on it and 
realized that a co-host would be much better. And I reached out to my classmate and friend, Donna. We both went to Hampton University and graduated. The real HU. (laughs) Um, And reached out to Donna and asked her if she would be interested in joining me. Donna didn't know anything about podcasts, but she was, she was open to it. And, um, we just, you know, kind of went for it. And, and, you know, I told her about where I was in my journey. You know, I had been take my sister and I had been taking care of our mom the last few years and our mom passed last year and all the stuff that we go through as 50 year olds and how different it is from our parents 50. So that's why it's called a different 50. My mother was not like this at 50, nor my grandmother and older aunties and older cousins. Nope. Our 50 is way different. I mean, way different. different. I mean, I don't feel, you know, except for some days, I don't feel a whole lot different than I did when I was in my late 30s, if you will. I'll, I'll go back that far, except for the fact that, yeah, I have a lot more knowledge and a lot more living but otherwise, it's different. We just live our lives way different than than our our you know parents and and grandparents and whatnot, as I said earlier, did. So that's the premise of where we're coming from, and we like to talk about a whole lot of different issues. We're we're only in um, up to episode um, thirteen. We'll be recording later on today our episode fourteen and fifteen. So we're real new, and we're still finding our footing. And finding our audience, but um, we're we're enjoying it. It's all good. Well, welcome, and uh, and y'all are doing a good job too. Y- y'all are, you know, and and I, I'm a regular listener. I listen every week, so um, you know, it, it, it's definitely um a good experience. And and Donna and and Leslie, I know y'all are trying to listen live, so turn that down in the background. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you now. <laughs> it's okay, because it's gonna confuse you because there's a delay. So you're gonna say, damn, what happened? What's going on? And because uh, you know, I get loud. I'm gonna let y'all know. I get loud, uh, Leslie and Donna, and and I get off the chain. So you know, y'all just feel free to hang and say things you want to say. Jump in. It's really a free flowing conversation. We just have a good time, Rand and I. You, I know y'all have had a chance. Probably had a chance to listen to the show. And, yeah, absolutely. And we go everywhere. I'm so. like your groupie. <laughs> no, I am. I'm the podcast virgin, so I'm like a groupie. Yeah. I drive Leslie crazy, but it's all good. It's all good. Hey, but uh, let, let's see. I'm, I'm a, um, y'all got any shout outs? I'm going to let y'all do the shout outs first. Go ahead. I definitely oh, have a shout out. I want to shout out um, today's Pride events in New York City. It's getting ready to be live and off the chain, and I'm so here for it. Cool, cool, cool. I was, I was talking. We were talking off mic about the um about pride and 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 definitely it's pride i guess pride month and and everybody participates but i was telling y'all i mean like there's a black pride that happens in the atl that's later that's you know like almost at the end of summer it's weird because you i i could never keep up with what was i guess the quote-unquote official pride because there's a black and a white pride which is weird to me but that you know that's another story y'all got any other any other shout outs I want to shout out, um, I'm a big house head. I just want everyone to know that about oh, me. Yeah. And I was actually supposed to be on a <laughs> boat ride last night, but because I've been sick, I decided not to go. So shout out everyone who was on Josh Milan's Honeycomb Music boat ride last night. Sorry I missed it. I hate I hated that I missed it, but I it was better for me not to go. You know, that's the thing about getting older. You know where your limitations are. You won't push them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, I'm, I'm glad you made it here. 
I'm, I'm yes. glad. I'm, well, I'm, that, that's part of the reason I said I do not want to be crusty and musty for tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I appreciate y'all coming. And, you know, you talk about music. Um, I'm a househead, too. And and I don't know if we if we officially said this, but um, the ladies, you y'all are both based in Jersey, right? Jersey girls all day. Did y'all grow up? I guess that's like, tri- is that tri-state? Is that the tri-state yes. area? Okay. Yes. So you both grew up there. Yes. Yeah. And let me and let me say that tri-state, depending upon where you live in New Jersey, either means New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or South Jersey, Philadelphia, like Delaware. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. We're, we're in the northern part. Yeah, we're in the northern part of the state, so we're early close to New York. Okay. Nobody thinks about South Jersey. Can I can I <laughs> can I test whether or not y'all grew up? Can I can I give you a test? Real quick. Absolutely. All right, you can, because where I fail, Leslie will pass. So <laughs> now, Leslie said she was a househead. Well, y'all know it's Black Music Month, right? Yes. yes. All right, so I'm going to give you like a test. All right. If you know these songs, then you're really from New York. I mean, or, or Jersey. You're from the tri-state. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's... um. Illusion by uh, Illusion um, Imagination. There you go. All right. Illusion by Imagination, which is actually a UK group. There you go. There you go. See. All right. If you my re- co-host is all that. <laughs> you ready for another one? Yes. These are so easy. Again, <laughs> another European group. Yeah, they were kind of New Europe. Yeah, I guess they were. I guess they they yeah, were. Yeah, they were out of Europe. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready? That's all you get. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Native Odyssey, Native New Yorker. All right, here we go. You ready? You ready? Yep. Hey. Alicia Myers. All right, y'all know that, right? Okay. What about this? Uh, Womack and Womack. <laughs> hey, oh man. Oh my gosh, she's tearing it she up. makes my life so easy. <laughs> All right, here we go. One more. All in all. Oh my God. This is the pro, man. <laughs> this is this. Uh, let me, let me, okay. Joyce Sims. All right, Joyce I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to give you something hard. Okay, here we go. I love third world. Oh Lord! Oh, she's good. She is good. Now, wait, 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 is that Leslie Adana? Yes, that's, that's Leslie. Leslie. All oh, day. Oh my God! Well, she's definitely a New Yorker because that—that's like the New York soundtrack. Um, but, definitely. But, but one of the things we were talking about is Black Music Month. Uh, I grew up uh, on music. I mean, you know, music was a huge part of my life and. And Leslie and Donna, I did DJ. I mean, I, I had a chance to do clubs and 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 do the whole mix scene when music was hot. And and one of the things Rand and I talk about all the time is, you know, what's the status of black music? So with that said, we kind of went through some of the classic stuff, and that's like '80s stuff. Uh, what do y'all What do y'all think the the status of black music is? Leslie. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> she got to Leslie. Well, you know, I, but but you know what, Leslie, look at it from this standpoint. Look at it from a standpoint of where we were, where we grew up, because we're all around the same age, right in that same generation, based on you knowing these songs. Um, how do you feel we are? How do you, what do you, what, is, is it in a good place? 
Where is black music? No. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why. No. Tell me why. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. The only time I listen to the radio is when I'm in my car, and that's because I'm sick of all the CDs that I have in my car. Yeah. I've heard them all a gazillion times. So um, there just isn't any real R&B anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for what it's worth, you know, me coming up in the time, we coming up in that time, hip hop was huge for me too. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I wouldn't be being fair and being true if I didn't say that I have a lot of love for hip hop, but just not what's been out now. Yeah. Honestly, my, my era was the eighties, the nineties and some of the early two thousands. And after that, the sound and, you know, it just changed way too much for my particular taste. I don't consider what's going on now hip hop. Yeah. What about you, Donna? What about you? Um, I'm an R&B chick. Like, I love all things R&B. I do love house. And um, with Leslie, I like the old hip hop. I don't know what this stuff is that they play now. And I'm not trying to throw shade at anything. It's just not where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I I like, you know, I was a huge Whitney fan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Music, Whitney, Mariah. I like Mint Condition. I like those older styled bands where you knew what they were talking about you could hear the instruments playing so it's just not today is just not what grabs me yeah yeah well i mean i i grew up uh and and and, and again it's funny because when Rand and i talk we you know we're the same age we grew up in the same era but most of our guests we have on the podcast have been younger um but um mm-hmm. talking to guests who are kind of within our uh within my range I can say this to y'all that that there's nothing like uh, lyrically, uh, I guess content-wise and 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 groove-wise like the the '80s. Uh, and and I'm not, yeah. you know, and and I think uh, the '90s was real strong, uh, just in terms of maybe black crossover because you had more black music crossing over pop. Um, but but I, I agree. I mean, it, it was y'all grew up in in tri-states, so you remember. Uh, 98.7 Kiss, uh, BLS, and yeah, and and all absolutely. that, and and the mixed shows where you had Shep Pettibone, you know, Latin Rascals, uh, yep. like Larry Levan, Tom, you know, yep. Tony mm-hmm. Humphreys, uh, you know, all those guys. Just that sound. I, I don't think people can, especially maybe the younger generation, relate to how good that stuff was. Um, because we grew up in it. I mean, I, I, I and, and every day when I, when I listen to new stuff that comes out, not just the, you know, the, the upbeat stuff, but the ballads as well. I just don't get excited about it. it, it it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to get excited about. Um, so well, it's hard because like you said, lyrically, what are the people saying these days? Yeah. Yeah. I, you I, know, a good friend of mine and I, we were in a car a couple of weeks ago and we heard, Donna Summers, um, Love to Love You, Baby, the extended play. Oh, man, that was like 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, my it was, it was, it was, I mean, we couldn't stop talking about it. Like, when that came on, it was over. You know, it was over. Yeah. And people today, you know, these the younger generation would hear that today and would think that's nonsense. So I'm kind of feeling like that time in your life where you're always hearing your older parents or whoever say, oh, back in my day. And that's how I feel now. 
Yeah. And I, I agree, Donna. Yeah, go Remember ahead. Remember the, the, the 12-inch of Love Hangover by Diana Ross? Oh, what? Man. That was about 12 minutes. Remember, remember <laughs> Relight My Fire by Dan Hartman? I mean, these records yeah. would go on for 10, 12, and 14 minutes exactly. and you wouldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was all arranged well, uh, you know, and it wasn't just, you know, repetition. I mean, there there were creative elements like throughout. It could be 12 minutes, but it's like 12 minutes of creativity. So, yeah, I, I agree. Right. I agree. And instrumentals were phenomenal. Yeah. You remember MFSB? The message? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah the, let the this come on in the spot. Nobody, it would be over. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody plays instruments anymore, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. They took the music programs out of all these schools, and these kids don't know about arrangements or anything. I mean, I remember in music class, our music teacher, I forget which year I was in, she played us all these classical songs and said, now, where do you hear this? And we said, in cartoons. Wow. So I would go home and watch cartoons and I could name all of the classical music songs like Rimsky Kosakov's Flight of the Bumblebee mm -hmm. in my cartoons. And, they, and, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm not throwing shade because the thing and, and you, you call your podcast a different 50. Uh, I think what's different for uh, our generation um, and even, you know, for hopefully, you know, for millennials who listen to the show, um, we understand rap. We grew up on it. I mean, you right. you were we created it. We created it, you know. And and I remember uh, when I mean, not just Sugar Hill, but uh, what is it, the Treacherous Three? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of that, not just the what do you call it, the uh, the Sugar Hill label stuff was coming out, which was like heavily commercial, but even the non-commercial stuff. What what's some of the early stuff y'all remember that was like non-commercial, but it was it was New York kind of New York grown. Uh, Oh God, Just Ice! Oh my God, Stetsasonic! Yep, Stetsasonic. Yep. Uh, they were like some of my favorites, Stetsasonic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was a they they to me were so underrated and still remain to me very underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, early even back before Run DMC, what was it? You said the Treacherous Three. There was another group. I can't. Well, remember Andre Harrell was in Jekyll and Hyde. Wow. Okay. Wow. And um. A few of the names are escaping me, but the songs are in my head. But but yes, to your point, yes. Yeah. And and I just want to back up for one second. You said you're not throwing shade to the millennials. I am because I don't <laughs> I don't like this music. I like it. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, you here's the thing. I mean, you you should because uh, you know I throw shade to say get better. You know what I mean? Um, I, I I'm not gonna throw shade in a way to say. You know, like when 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 rap started, the shade coming from the older generation was that's trash. If y'all remember, um, you know, it was it was pretty harsh when when hip hop first started. But then again, it got worse as hip hop started to become more commercial. And I just remember probably in the '90s, I think it really started to get bad when um, when when gangster when when West Coast really started to ramp up because the language started to get worse. And right. I remember the, the the pivotal period when it started to go extreme was when Luke released, Hey, we want some, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when it was like, damn, they could put that on vinyl. Right. We used to express ourselves with no problem without going so far. And, and, you know, it just, it just, at that point, it was like the point of no return because you had, you know, then you had NWA, which, you know, it was banging in the club, 
Um, but it, it really changed the culture. The, um, it's it. the Tommy, I do, I do agree with you not yeah. to cut you off, but no, I do go agree ahead. with you. Cut me off. Jump in, in jump in anytime. <laughs> the chronic, the chronic was an amazing album. Yes, it was. I, I bought it. I played it to death. Incredible. And I will say this, they were just like here in New York, we were speaking New York, New Jersey. We were speaking our truth. They were speaking their truth out there in LA. Yeah. And I think why it was so raw and so hard um, was because their situation out there was so raw and so hard, especially with the police. And when you go back and you look at some of those um, documentaries, those docus that they'll have on like Netflix and 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 on cable, they show you the proliferation of what was going on with the police department out there and how people in the black community, black and brown communities were being treated. Mm-hmm. And it was just simply a reflection of years and years of abuses and this, that, and the other. And that's why it was so hard, so raw, so raw. And yeah, I mean, we thought we had it bad here. We do, you yeah, know, over yeah. here on the East coast, but it was some stuff going on out there, Yeah, you know, with the gangs and it's a gang culture out there and how that gang culture arise, just like Chicago has a very he- heavy, long standing gang culture that, that, permeates throughout different, you know, um, communities of color and not of color mm-hmm. in Chicago, yeah. you know? So, I, but, but I do agree with you. Yes. It, it that's where the turn occurred, mm-hmm. but that's what rap was about. It was about, you know, you want you want to know what's going on. This is what's going on. Yeah. Cause toward the, you know, toward the, not, not necessarily toward the end, but, uh, as, as rap had progressed, you had the message come out, which was truly a message song, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And and then people wanted to to write songs that were you know more uh, socially relevant. Uh, right. So yeah, I agree. But but I tell you, let me say this about the Chronic, uh, the Chronic versus N.W.A. as a Dre project versus an N.W.A. project uh, was it was more artistic in my opinion because it was more of yes. a, it was more of a fun album. Um, it was uh, N.W.A. was raw, <laughs> These yeah. and it was heavy. Like, you know, it, it everything I mean, and again, they were speaking their truth, but yeah. N.W.A. was heavy, and it was in your face, and you couldn't face. avoid it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very. So very I think that that's why everyone was just so like kind of taken aback. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very different because you know one of the things we talk about with old school hip hop is it was party based. It was party based. It was uh-huh. uh, more melodic. Mm-hmm. Um, the tracks, even like one of my favorite groups, um, was Houdini, and and one of the things about even when you listen to Houdini, all their tracks were original. They did a, a lot of the stuff. They they didn't do many much sampling. Um, they had some samples, but a lot of the stuff they created. I mean, it was it was you know their own tracks. They wrote the songs. They created. Um, so you had more melody. You had more. Uh, it, it was more fun, probably in the yeah. early stages, and, and and it was geared toward clubs. It was geared toward parties. It was geared. Right. It was geared toward the rap battles versus taking on society. It was more feel good. Yeah, it was feel good. Good word for it. Good more feel good. So I think we now all agree angry. where it is in Black Music Month. And, and what do you what do you think we can do? Uh, you know, y- y'all y'all are well versed in music. Uh, just hearing you know, and me playing that list of songs. Not everybody would get that list. So kudos to you, Leslie. I'm like, I played it for somebody. <laughs> I, I played it for somebody who, you know, because it, it's funny because a lot of my family, they're from New York. I mean, I grew up in the South, 
uh, period. I mean, but uh, I got tapes from all over the country from my family members that I would say, hey, you know, my, my family members out in L.A., uh, there was, a, I guess, the station, KJLH and, and The Beat. I'd say, hey, couldn't y'all send me tapes of the radio station? I want to hear the mixes. Or my family in New York, I'd say, hey, can you send me the tapes of BLS and, and KISS? Just all across the country, i get tapes from family. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think us us being involved and, and listening and having that kind of perspective, uh, we should be able to tell people, okay, what, here's what you can do to fix it. So, Leslie, what do you think people can, what, what can we do? Or what do you think artists can do to fix it? That's a that's a good question. I think well, the the music industry has been blown up for what it's worth. You know, blame it on whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it needed to be done because a lot of those, you know, the way it was structured before, you know, artists couldn't make any money until they went out on the road, which yeah. for the most part is still true. Mm-hmm. But um, what can we do to fix it? I you know. Fix it for who? That that I think let's let's <laughs> take a step back. Fix it for who? I got because that. <laughs> You're who, right. There's a lot of people who yeah. are quite happy and satisfied with, you know, the state of 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 black music now. I mean, you know, there were people who were just, you know, loving the the, the pusher T Drake thing. Yeah. You know, last weekend everybody was, you know fainting and fawning over the fact that Jay-Z and Beyonce dropped a new album. I ain't care, but you know, Hey, <laughs> you know, can um, I, can I say something real quick? Can I throw this in while you're saying this? Did y'all uh-huh. see the album cover where the, the, the guy, I don't know the artist that did the Teddy Pendergrass pose. Did y'all see that? I've seen it on my, Instagram. I did. I just saw that t- yesterday. I did on not. Instagram. All right. I, I just wanted to throw that in to, to further add, add uh, fuel to your fire. Go. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, we've I already been up. here and done that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of threw up. People were like, man, you're doing it. You're killing it. I'm like, yeah, you're killing it. All right. I mean, yeah, it, I just, you know, I just pulled you out the, the, the vomit emoji. But go ahead. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, I didn't care about Gaga. I had Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot. So when you say, how can we fix it? Fix it for who? If you're saying fix it, get more um, artists on the radio. Well, you know, radio has its own agenda. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't think I don't think it's that. Yeah, I don't even I don't think uh, it's relevant for for radio anymore because people have so many choices. I'm just talking about yeah. giving more variety and quality. Um, because, um, I mean, it's just for people, for, for people like us, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we still consume and I think there's still a lot of people out there. Let me, let me give you an example. Uh, Leslie, I'm sitting in the barbershop. I walk in, these guys are 30 somethings. Okay. And, and they, they're playing, you know what they're playing? They have Pandora on, right. Um, on the TV screen and, and, and that's what they use for music. But you know what station it's on? You want to take a guess? The Pandora? On Pandora? Yeah, you you want to uh, know what genre, what what they were listening to. Black Barbershop. Black Barbershop? Oh, I'm assuming it would be a, a rap. No, nah, you know what? They, they had it on the Frankie Beverly and Mays. Uh, it was like an old school Pandora. I said, well, uh, and, and these okay. guys, they, you know, I was calling them kids. I mean, but they're, you know, early 30s. I, I'm like, yeah, hey, why, y'all, why do y'all have it on? Uh, you know, he said, well, uh, one of my customers asked me to turn it on. And when I turned it on, it sounded so good. I left it on. And, um, and he said, because they don't make music like that anymore. Exactly. 
They yeah. don't make music like that anymore. And people need to do their research and their history because what we're listening to and what we're being given today is not music. And I did air quotes. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Frankie Beverly and Maze, that's feel-good music. Yeah. So And it can't be denied even by that that age group. Yeah. And, and you know, we went into the conversation and I, I didn't I didn't jump in because I was like the elder in the room. I just kind of let them talk. And, <laughs> and they were saying, you know, we missed the Tony, Tony, Tony uh, stuff. We missed kind of the mint condition and the bands and, and you know, because we don't get that anymore. I mean, it's really kind of like the microwave stuff that comes out. I call it microwave because, mm, yeah. you know, in a lot of cases you don't really you know, when, when they release a lot of these projects, they don't really spend a whole lot of time in the studio. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks and hit send, you know, and, it, and it's yeah. gone, uh, you know, buy, you know, buy, buy a track and, and uh, go in and, and lay your vocals and let the producer handle it and hit send, you know? So that's the status of black music, according to 8050 and GP3. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's a bleak. I, I thought this is going to be the happy moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, I, I don't think that, okay, I'll say this. I don't think it's a matter of, you know, can we fix it? It's how how do you find what it is you're looking for? And is there anyone out there making new music in the genre and the framework that you like? Me, for instance, being a major househead, you know, and when I say a househead, people get this fixation in your head that everything you listen to is like, follow me and stuff. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. there is so much music that has that is being produced by not only people I know personally and is out there, but others like it. it the, the genre of it is is huge. We get tons of stuff out of South Africa. We get tons mm -hmm. of stuff still out of Europe and yeah. and this, that and the other. and there's a lot of beautiful music that's going on over there. Well, let me let me ask you, about. Leslie, since you're talking house, I'm going to ask the the age old question. And you probably know where I'm going with this about house. Uh -huh. Chicago or New York? Where was it found? It doesn't. It's no longer it. That that argument no longer exists. OK. Yeah. Um, good, good answer. I'm going to tell you why the the argument no longer exists. Um, the music has evolved to a point where it's so beyond that. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were talking back in the 80s, Frankie Knuckles, you know, rest his soul, yeah. um, was originally from New York and went to Chicago, yeah. as was Robert Williams, mm -hmm. you know, but they were already playing, you know, some, you know, some form of fashion of, you know, disco and whatnot out there anyway. Same thing with Baltimore. People, you know, always want to forget oh, about Baltimore. Baltimore too. was heavy. Uh, with uh, Duty you know, Brown and Boys, <laughs> Ultra Nate, you know, stuff is still going on down there. Quite strong. Yeah. Quite strong. Yeah. You know, so the argument of Chicago versus New York or anything, it doesn't exist anymore. We'll get online. And, and when I say we, um, because I know so many people in Chicago and I know, you know, a lot of people here in the in the industry and whatnot here, I'm like kind of that deep in it mm -hmm. that, you know, we'll get online and we'll get in our arguments every now and then, but that's simply for our own entertainment. Yeah. I love Chicago house though. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the difference between the stuff I played for you uh, that I thought the difference was, I thought um, New York, um, I guess house or dance uh, carried over more of the disco elements, uh, the, the melodic, uh, the, the songs were richer. 
House was yeah, wrong. because House they were listening wrong. to more of the Italian disco and yeah. all of that out of yeah. Europe. Yeah, they their their version of disco and ours was quite different. Yeah, and, and see, when I listen to Farley, uh, you I, I know you know Farley and some of the stuff mm-hmm. that came out. Yeah. I mean, it was raw. I mean, the beats, the grooves. Right. It was. That was very much their sound. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. You get any of the producers and people out of Chicago now, I'll, you know, big up a personal friend of mine, Vic Lavender. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear his music, you would never know he was from Chicago because it, it's it, there is not that distinction anymore. Although you can tell. You can tell the difference between African house, Afro house, if you will. Yeah. You can tell the difference in that. But even but there is none of this demarcation like there was in the 80s. That was that was definitely an 80s, maybe some 90s thing. But it's it has evolved way beyond that now. Yeah, I, I, I still to this day, though, I mean, that whole Chicago movement was I mean, it was it was pretty incredible. And, and it was it was kind of in a vacuum. Um, when when you stepped out of Chicago uh, into other cities because we didn't have internet, we didn't have streaming back then. Um, so the only way you could really find out about it was to go to the city or if you had friends who sent you the music. So well, it, it was it was well, very different. Tony would play some of it on the radio here. Okay, Tony. I mean, uh, we, okay, yeah, Tony Humphreys. Tony Humphreys, yeah. And um, yeah. he would play some of it on the radio here. You would hear a little bit of Jamie principal here and there. Yeah, Jamie principal was hot. Yeah. Did yeah. you get into Shep? Shep Pettibone? Were you a, a Shep Pettibone? Oh yeah. Fan? Oh yeah. Latin rascals. And it, Did you do any? Like, and even, um, what's his name? Um, he now spins strictly, um, dance hall, but Bobby Condors too. Bobby Condors. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I tell you, um, you know, and, and rest in peace. Some of the local, uh, in the ATL, we had guys like Daz Wright, uh, club here called the Phoenix Dance Club, Stuart Gardner. Uh, those guys have passed away since, man, but they 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 did a lot of incredible uh, music and, and really helped to spread a lot of the uh, stuff that was happening in other markets and help us to it as well. So, but but the you DJs. You have some you know. great DJs down there. Uh, well, you know, you know, heard of Ron Pullman? Ron Pullman? Ron? You I don't know Ron Pullman, but I Pullman? do know yeah. um, Salah uh, Anansi. Okay. I do know, um, oh my God, um, oh my God, he came up here and ripped open Little Ray's event last year. Um, <laughs> his name is escaping me right now. But you guys got a lot of good DJs and producers down there. Yeah, it was a different vibe because, you know, Atlanta Atlanta was more of a funk town, uh, not mm-hmm. as much like Four on the Floor, but the clubs where you could find it, you had some really good, you know, good good jocks. who uh, some good Stan Zeff, I'm sorry, okay. Stan Zeff. Yeah, cool. Amazing. Stan is amazing. All right. And your House in the Park event. Yep, the House in the Park. That's that's a big event. That's on my calendar every year. I don't yeah. always make it, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's on my calendar. All right, All right. we're going to move from the um, the music side of things. I want to go through some some quick briefs, and, and feel free to jump in and comment. Um, you know, we, we do, uh, ladies, as part of the show, we kind of bring people up on on what's happening uh, in pop culture. And one of the big things that happened this week was Dr. Dre, and we just mentioned him with NWA, he is producing the Marvin Gaye biopic. He, he's had an opportunity. And, you know, this is a big deal because a lot of folks have gotten rights to the movie, but they haven't gotten rights to the music and to do a, right. you know, to do a, a combined. And, you know, you can't do, how can you do, like, y'all remember uh, Andre 3000 did the um, 
Jimi Hendrix movie. Jimi Hendrix. But he yep. didn't get rights to the music. So you couldn't, you, you did a, you had this two hour movie with no Hendrix, you know, music, which was, you know, I, I don't even want to think back about the time that I spent watching it, but Dre got it. Um, and he's got rights to the film and rights to the music. So kudos to him. Uh, I don't know if y'all are into um, the BBC and, and some of the stuff that comes out of that. I know you know Idris Elba, though. Uh, and, and I'm excited because, uh, I don't know, have y'all ever watched Luther? Yep. Luther is back. I have only watched an episode or two of it. It's like on my list to watch. But what I did watch, I enjoyed. But, I mean, it's Idris after all. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it, it's kind of like what it's not. I guess it's a combination. What's the one with Shamar Moore? The uh, the CBS show, the old one, old, almost like CSI, the criminal, uh, kind of like a forensic. criminal minds. Yeah, it, it reminds you of it's a combination of CSI and criminal criminal minds. Um, it's harder, definitely edgier, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's coming back for another season. And everybody thought it had it was done. And for those fans of the show, um, this psycho who has worked with him named Alice um, was killed off but supposedly she's coming back so i'm waiting to see how they how they pull that off um on netflix dear white people has been renewed Love it. yep and i i am watching luke cage right now oh, and I, I haven't love, i haven't started love. it yet let me tell you it. i'm not gonna spoil it for you but i started i mean i was only gonna watch a couple episodes i'm, I'm up to like episode uh, episode 11 uh, on season two from the first season no 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 I'm, I'm watching season two right now because it's because it just dropped i understand right yes and and that's why yeah. i said i'm only gonna watch a couple of ep- episodes i had other stuff to do i couldn't turn it off and i have to finish season one <laughs> Damn. that's how i was for season one i was yeah. just a girlfriend of mine had mentioned oh you want to check out luke cage and i was like okay cage, and then yeah. i spent luke the rest cage, of the I day watching luther. it i'm like okay <laughs> yeah I, I mean luke cage and and the other one was Jessica Jones. I just yes. kind of casually turned on Jessica Jones, and I wound up watching it all weekend. You know, Jessica so. Jones was good. Oh, amazing! You know, so um, Luke Cage, which I hope I didn't say Luther is back for season two, and Alfrey Woodard is crazy. I mean, she was in the first. You also saw the first season, right? Where she she plays. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't think she could get any more evil, and it's just like pure evil. It's so e- she's so evil. She's scaring shades. <laughs> you know the guy shades. <laughs> shades is like yeah. what the hell. <laughs> so it's like I'm not gonna I give think it away. Luke Cage y'all. is very well. It's very well written and put together. It's very well. Done. And you're in New York. Y'all are in the tri-state up there in Jersey. You can appreciate how they how they spend the culture and uh, how they represent the culture with that. They do a good job. Yeah. And, they, and, and this they, year, they really do. with this season, they really do, I think, a, a really good job. It's gotten mixed reviews, but I think it's gotten mixed reviews from mainstream critics. Um, you know, in, in, in the community, in our community, uh, it gets love because there's a lot of references to a lot of internal things uh, that we go through, um, you know, in terms of uh, black, you know, uh, what do you call it, the uh, uh, intercultural when you talk black mm. and Jamaicans and West Indians and, and how we mm. treat each other, uh, it mm. goes into that. It's pretty deep. Mm. It's a lot deeper than I thought it. Well, it, first season was deep. This season's pretty, it's pretty deep. You know, even, um, what do you call it? Afro, Afro, Afro Latino. They, they, they address some of that. It's, it's pretty interesting. There's some good, good storylines. 
Can I just I gotta get speak on, on I gotta that? Get on episode two. Yeah, go ahead. Can I just speak on that for a second? Yeah, do that. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of this Afro Latino stuff came out of Love and Hip Hop Miami when um the 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 cast member Amara La Negra mm-hmm. came on and people, I'm just like, there. I don't under. I just don't understand where this controversy came from. Like that people that and, I, and I'm talking amongst ourselves, black mm-hmm. people. Yeah. How you did not know that Afro Latinos exist? Like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> How idiotic are you? Yeah. Don't you know what like Victor Cruz or the the formerly of the Giants? What he Afro Latino? Yeah. Yeah. The actor Lazalonzo. Um, I could go through all kinds of names. Half the freaking pro baseball players. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and what's because so many people are just not as in touch, Leslie, as we would like to think that they are. True enough. Unless it's coming on. I mean, because let's talk about it. We're in a world of social media and we're in a world of reality TV. So to some people, that is their reality. And who's the actress? Uh, what's her name? She, um, She's in Luke Cage. Uh, she's in damn all the Marvel. She plays the uh, the nurse. Uh, she's been in all of. I oh, uh, is myself. it uh, Rosario Dawson? Yeah, Ro- Rosario, Rosario Dawson. is in it, and and she's she's in a couple of the episodes in in this season, and she uh, talks about that. She references that in 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 one of the scenes. So I, I you know I I just like the way Luke Cage they keep it relevant. Uh, you know, I they, like that. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. Uh, Michael Jackson's coming. Well, he ain't coming, but but his musical is coming back, um, or it is going to Broadway, close to y'all. Twenty twenty. Uh, apparently, um, someone's gotten the rights to do a, a Broadway show based on Michael's music. And uh, speaking of Michael, Joe Jackson's in the hospital. Uh, he's got advanced stage cancer, and uh, it, I guess it's pretty um, it's pretty serious. It's critical because I don't think they're letting family or a limited number of family members come see him. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep prayers up for, for Joe Jackson. Um, this is another thing we're talking about the music and, and, you know, these guys are no longer here to defend themselves. I'll just make reference to it. Uh, Jimmy Wapo, uh, 21 year old in Pittsburgh. I call, I call these guys like the internet rappers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he was, he was killed. He was 21, two rappers in one day. And the, uh, XXX Tentacion was killed in Florida uh, they did arrest uh, the suspect, by the way. And and the crazy thing about this is that um, as he was slumped over, because he was at a motorcycle dealership uh, purchasing a motorcycle, and as he is laying in the car dying, people are shooting pictures, putting it on social media. And, and just, you know, sick stuff like that, um, you know, just. Well, they're desensitized. Yeah, you're right. And That's the best a, way to put it. And there's a total lack of respect in our society. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, that that's been slowly eroding for many for for many many years now. But yeah, they're desensitized. Well, you know, even when we were growing up, y'all remember Faces of Death, right? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, was that real? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do y'all know if that was really real? The Faces of Death series. A lot of. Um, I always I thought it was, it was staged, but but a friend of mine said, nah, they really filmed. I said, nah, they couldn't have done that. It's illegal. I'm not so sure that that was real. Yeah, I don't think it was real. I don't know. 
I mean, because that what that was the eighties, right? Yeah, that was like the damn near seventies, eighties. Yeah, seventies. Yeah, and they were on VHS tapes. <laughs> oh well, if it was on VHS, it had to be a like late seventies, eighties, because you know. Yeah. Uh, Puma, by the way, uh, hired Jay Z as creative director, and they're making a run on Nike. So we'll see how that goes. I wore. I was an athlete in high school. I wore uh, ponies. Y'all remember ponies? Yep. The boxes oh, yeah. wore them. <laughs> they said they were ugly. <laughs> I just like the stripe. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't. I wanted to be different. So I I always wore Nikes, but I I too was an athlete. But whenever I wore cleats, my cleats were always Pumas. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, and Westworld season two is be- is uh, the finale uh, is hitting on HBO. Um, I've never seen that. Okay, yeah, it, it's it's deep. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, now I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it's beyond deep because y'all watch deep stuff. This is like uh, how can you say it? Y'all y'all remember the show Lost, right? Yes, yes. It, it's almost Lost deep, which I didn't really like Lost because it got way too deep for me. But but there's a point in in season two where it kind of goes off tangent, but it's starting to get back on track. So season finale, we tape on Sunday. The season finale is tonight on HBO. Uh, congrats to Ava uh, DuVernay. Uh, she's the first black woman to direct a $100 million plus movie with Wrinkle and Time. She's gangsta. She Love is. her. She's getting a lot of good projects, too. And uh, for y'all uh, social media folks, um, Instagram's at a, a billion monthly users now. And uh, they just uh, launched uh, IGTV, which is a uh, one-hour video upload. I saw going, that. That's that's awesome for them. Yeah. Now that's gangster because they're going after yeah. um, YouTube, YouTube and yeah. they're owned by Facebook. So, you know, this yep. is an out kind of a, an outgrowth of Facebook because because, you know, Facebook is is uh, is is, as you know, getting older and older and older. Everybody's going to Instagram. Um, Run for the border. Canada did it. Legalized marijuana, which is. Uh, you know, I, I didn't I, I didn't think a country would do it, but they're the first industrialized nation in the world to legalize marijuana. And that goes into effect October 17th. Y'all running for the border? <laughs> Good for yep. them. I'm Look, I'm running for the border. Yep. <laughs> I'm running for the border. I ain't mad at Canada. I sent somebody, I sent my message out. I said, hey, uh, the Canadians going to be even happier. They're going to be even more pleasant <laughs> and nicer and friendlier. Exactly. They really going to be friendly. <laughs> yeah. And in light of what's going on here, a lot of us need to be running for the border. You know, do you think, do you think Trudeau, and they just said, they just did this to mess with America, I think. They just... <laughs> They said, Whatever he did, good for him. Anything at this point to troll, um, <laughs> to troll, uh, forty-five to troll, Trump, uh, uh, Agent Orange. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll do anything Agreed. at this point. I think that was a good way to troll him. Hey, you know what? We gonna make. Let's just make make uh, marijuana uh, legal for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick, I mean, a lot of a lot of craziness uh, this week with shootings. Uh, I know y'all probably not only the rappers, but. The, the young kid in, in Pittsburgh that was shot in the back. Oh, um, my God, that was horrible. Fleeing the police. And they find out that the policeman uh, had actually been disciplined and reprimanded uh, because he worked for University of Pittsburgh before he became um, a, a city policeman. So how do you do that? How, how do you miss that on the background check? You, you know what I mean? That, that you don't I feel like you don't miss it. You don't miss it. it. You, oh, thank you. You don't miss it. 
Well, a, a study came out uh, from the Lancet. Uh, it's a British medical journey, uh, journal. And, um, and, and a lot of the uh, activists have, have been saying this, and Rand and I have talked about this a lot on the show, but uh, the report came out and basically said that um, it gives credence to the fact that all the headlines are really damaging the mental well-being of African-American communities. Uh, and they, they've been using uh, music, well, it's mental health survey data uh, and a database of police shootings uh, and a team of health researchers concluded that when police officers in the United States kill an unarmed black person, it damages the mental health of black Americans living in those states. Um, and this is from New York Times, by the way. The um, uh, mental health of white Americans was not similar in a, in a similar way affected, uh, the researchers found, uh, nor were negative health effects associated with police killings of unarmed white Americans or armed black Americans. So, uh, you know, that stuff, that surveys out. And, and, you know, we've been saying this for a long time that it does have an effect, even when you look at what's happening with uh, what happened in, in Ferguson. Uh, that city has had some really difficult times and issues getting over what occurred within within that city. So uh, I'm glad to see that there's some official studies instead of us just saying it. Now they believe it. You know, um, well, these things are constantly happening. They get into your psyche. Mm-hmm. They make you believe you're a target. So what do you do? You act as a target. It manifests itself constantly. Um you know, within your being, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. And what is happening to our black men in this country is just, it's unacceptable. Yeah, I agree. So, so what did, what did y'all, when you heard, when you heard some of that, uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, are we getting immune? And, and again, you use the word desensitized. Are we desensitized to it, to a lot of this? I think we internalize it and it, I mean, I just know I <laughs> I look at white people so differently. Hmm. Really? Yeah. And, and but we are desensitized to it. Yeah. And even even those that I am, quote unquote, friendly with, mm-hmm. I still don't. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody is above anything. Yeah. No. And. I'm giving you the side eye straight up. Yeah, everybody gets the side eye from me. You get the side eye because that, unfortunately, that's where I feel I need to give you. I gotta, I, I gotta be watching my back with you. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. might say or do something that is supposed to be ha ha. No, it ain't funny. Yeah. Because prime example was the, you know, you had barbecue Becky, where the lady called the bar the uh, police on the people doing the barbecue out in and out now in who Cali. we have today. Oh, now we've got the the white lady calling the police on the eight year old black uh, black girl selling uh, water, water on the street. She calls the police, and somebody filmed her calling the police. Well, her the, the girl's mom blown her up all over oh. social media. She's they just oh well again. Her. Don't forget, she just pretended to call the police. Wow, mm. according to what she was saying, right? <laughs> Mm. Amazing. All I can say is I can't <laughs> with these people. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, I'm, I hate to put you all through it, but, but since you're sitting in on the show, uh, we do a little a little piece called As the White House Turns. It's kind of like our, our soap opera on the show. So we I, I'm just going to bring you up to speed on the headlines. As you know, uh, the, 40, the um, executive order was signed by 45 uh, for family separations or to stop that, doing away with it. 
Um, and, and, and the crazy thing about this is that, you know, it, somebody said it best. Um, it's like an arsonist calling the fire department to put out a fire. You started the fire, dude. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, this is your fault. Your administration. That's a perfect analogy. You it's know, crazy. and, um, but, but the, the thing about it is it's a suspect, uh, executive order because a lot of people don't, they don't see it having any impact on the 2,300 children currently in peril. And, and, and it's an interesting argument because you'll see the black progressive community saying, well, you know, blacks shouldn't really care about this. Let the Hispanic community care about this uh, because, it, you know, it, it, the typical culture wars, which is which is really what 45 is here to do, create chaos. And, and he's he's done a hell of a job at creating chaos. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, by the way, according to a poll, Kim Jong-un from from Korea is more popular than Nancy Pelosi among among Republicans, which is amazing. I'm mad at Kim Jong-un right now. Say what? They're not real Republicans. Oh, they're not. Oh, okay. No. Okay. All right. They, they're not. They're these people who are quote unquote calling themselves Republicans now and falling in line with the. They're not real Republicans. They're, just, uh, they're because nationalists. Even, because the real Republicans now, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're never Trumpers and all of that stuff. Yeah. You're you're really true. They under they they are still holding true to the. To the core tenets of conservatism. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're jumping. You know, these ship. people yeah. are following a cult. They're like uh-huh. a, following a personality. Mm-hmm. They're following a T. And anything that he does and anything that he says, they're going along with. Yeah. And they and they and they're watching. I mean, any real conservative would never ever be for a wall that cost X amount of dollars. Oh my God. And ever. when exactly. when 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 you've got a daily running tape of your leader saying somebody else is going to pay for it. That's what I don't get. I'm like, didn't y'all just hear that man a couple of years ago say we weren't going to pay for it? <laughs> That's what, and, and now, is it me? Is, is it just me? These people, <laughs> these base people are. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy these numbers. But, I don't. But, I don't believe the numbers. But even the fact you that we're having the conversation—that's fake news. Even the fact that we're having the conversation about how much it costs. Don't y'all remember the man saying we weren't going to pay for it? That Mexico was going to pay for it? You get my point? Exactly. That's the it's point. Right. That the real news is we got to even think about paying for it. You know. So and and that's why if I if I were the if I were the media, I just have tapes. And a reel of him just saying, and Mexico's gonna pay for it. I just play that over and over and over. I and then non-stop. I play the the one where Vicente Fox uh <laughs> and, and everybody down in Mexico saying we ain't paying for no damn wall. <laughs> Did y'all see Especially the Ivanka when t- he said take the wall and shove it straight up? <laughs> That's what he said, you know. He did. So uh, did y'all see the uh while we're talking about the the border and and the kids, did y'all see uh what's your name's um God, her um, Ivanka, not Ivanka, but Mel- Melania Trump's jacket. Did you? Yeah. What were your thoughts? Who didn't see that? <laughs> what were your thoughts? I want to hear. I want to hear from from Jersey, from the tri-state. What were your thoughts? Because I know. Look, let me let and, and let me say this. Y'all are from the tri-state, so y'all know this dude. Y'all know this dude better than anybody. Okay. I know you know him because, you know, most of my family's from there. They know him. They know they know what he's about. And I think that's why he doesn't go to New York as much to talk. 
He, how many how many talks has he done in New York? How many rallies has he done in New York? Zero. I don't think he, he doesn't can. even come back to his beloved Trump Tower. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't think he can because because I don't. He's not he's not very he's not well liked in New York. But what did y'all think when y'all saw the jacket? What were your thoughts? I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Listen, people are, I feel like people are trying to give uh, Melania a lot of passes here and I give her zero. Zero. I give her zero. Yeah. And damn, I I almost gave her a pass. Almost gave her a pass, but I. I, No, I'm not giving her no pass. I'll give her a pass. It got retracted. (laughs) It got retracted. Don't, don't worry. I retracted the pass. <laughs> she put that jacket on. She knew what it says. She got on that plane. Yeah. And they can say that it wasn't about, listen, she is her husband's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, she gets no passes on anything from me. Everyone's like, oh, she's miserable. She hates him. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. You married him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, even if you do, so what? She gets no passes from me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, living living in Jersey, living in New York, are you seeing a lot of support for forty five? No, Mm-mm. not at all. Why? Why do you? There think? are people that do, but they keep it real quiet in New York or in in, in Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that do, but they keep it quiet. They talk amongst themselves. Mm. Okay. And there's a lot of them that you know were so vocal before, but now they can't even say anything. Yeah. It's gotten so bad that they have to shut what we call the mm, up because they can't say anything. Yeah. I had drinks last week with some old coworkers and one of them, um, white woman who called herself a Republican. She, she's like, I don't even know what I am now. Yeah. She's like, I, I'm not, I'm not signing. I didn't, you know, whether she voted for him or not, I don't know. And I don't even care because you're, you, you, this is America. You vote for who you want to vote for. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't care about that. Um, but I, but I, I do think you have to be, you have to, if, if, if that's the person you vote for, then you have to hold that person accountable. That, oh, just, I, I agree. I mean, I if, agree. You, if, if you vote for them, then, you know, it wasn't a process of any, meeny, miny, mo. You obviously saw something in that person. Uh, that you liked and you support it. So, you know, you need to be accountable. You need to be, I mean, you need to hold that person accountable. But that's the problem. That right there, what you said in lies, that is the problem. All of these people voted for him, whether they say so or not, but they don't want to hold him accountable for everything that is happening right now. So they, so a lot of times they just stay quiet. Yep. Well, there's a lot going on. Uh, Tom Arnold and the um, Tom Arnold and, and, and attorney Michael Cohen taking pictures saying he's got tapes, all the tapes, uh, audio uh, of conversations with 45. Uh, Nikki Haley, uh, ambassador of the U.N., uh, they're pulling U.S. is apparently pulling out of the U.N. Human Rights Council uh, because of um, the criticism that the council always gives Israel over the Palestinians. And and then, of course, uh, you know, just as that news is coming out, uh, the Israeli prime minister's wife is being charged with fraud over alleged uh, alleged uh, allegedly using. <laughs> is- Israel's going to get to Netanyahu through his wife. Well, yeah, they are. They are. Uh-huh. They are. And, 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 and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, they uh, eventually um, there's as much maybe not as much as what's going on over here, but there's a lot going on over there. That's that uh, that's going to come to light as well. So uh, bottom line over here, we just say let Mueller do his job, because eventually um, what comes out of the Mueller report 
will be, uh, you know, I think that's what eventually will bring the house down. So we're waiting to see what's going to happen there. Okay. Hey, I had a quick question. Patiently waiting on that. (laughs) You know what, though, ladies, I I just don't think we can wait. I I, I mean, I don't think I think the longer it goes, the more damage. Uh, It's it's kind of like letting your car run when you got to, you know, without oil. Um, you know, in just my opinion, I, I think we can only go, but so, so far, uh, I, I right. think they're going to have to hurry this along this, you know, you, you can't compare this in my opinion with technology that exists right now. You can't compare it to Watergate. You can't compare it to Clinton because the technology is just so much more advanced that they can pull reports, how it t- 10 hundreds times, you know, can you imagine having to do forensic uh, accounting and and putting faxes back together during Watergate, <laughs> you know. Oh gosh. you know what I'm saying. Oh God, no! So you can blink now and do that. Even during Clinton, they didn't have you know part of the Clinton administration. There was no internet, so it, it's just a different world for uh, for the the ability to investigate. So a three, I think a, a, another year of this investigation. I'm not, you know, I could care less how much strain and pain it puts on the administration. I just want them to go ahead and, and reveal the truth. And I, right. what, what I feel, what I feel is going to be the truth. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hey, quick question y'all. And, and I, I, I just brought this up. I was having a conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with another podcast and we were talking about which generation we feel is more woke. And you had the boomers 46 to 64. Uh, that includes Oprah, you know, Obama, and, and of course, hell, a whole lot of people. But Gen X, of course, where you got, uh, I, I put in Cory Booker, Dre, uh, what, what's his name? Jay-Z, Beyonce, I think falls within that, Serena. Because people play around with that number between millennials, what, what a true millennial is based on the years. They do. Yeah, they it, do. It, it's crazy. They just make a millennial fit where they want it to fit. But I just came up with a number that I thought was closer. Uh, then you've got... Um, the uh, Black Lives Matter, like the millennials, a, a strong millennial would be like uh, DeRay McKesson from Black Lives Matter, uh, Michael B. Jordan. And then Gen Z would be um, what's her, Emma Gonzalez. She's mm-hmm. one of the Parkland kids. Do you think, uh, how would you rate the level of, of engagement in the process, in the political process? And I'll start with Donna, you. Do you I'll throw either one of y'all. Um, and I, I don't want to say more. Let's just say, you know, on a scale. Because I think they're all woke in their, within their own, you know, I, I think there's just plenty of woke to go around in all of these. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of think Gen X, maybe. You think so? Mm, okay. Um, I, I And I'll, I'll take a different view. I don't necessarily agree. No, I, I want to know why she said Gen X. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. No, I mean, I. I, I guess because I, I guess I'm kind of basing it on myself. And there is no right or wrong. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. No, no there definitely isn't. not. Like I said, I think there's enough woke to go around in all of those categories. Yeah. And I would say maybe between Gen X and Gen Z. Hmm, okay. Okay. What and about- kind of because I'm basing, my, I'm basing it on myself as far as Gen X. And um, I just think right now with Gen Z and everything going on, I think there's a lot of... Um, growth coming out of them hmm. as far as what's going on in the world. I mean, that's for just, that's just my perspective on it. Yeah. Okay. Le- uh, Leslie. I think the millennials push Gen X 
and Gen Z is the is the is the byproduct of those two put together. Mm, okay. What about boomers? Any thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> the boomers the boomers did Wait a, a minute now. Job. the boomers didn't the boomers did a horrific they like to be lauded as you know whatever wow. they did a horrific job why do you say and they that? did a horrific job because they they thought that they had made it and they didn't need to do anything more yeah and gen x and millennials suffered for suffer for it mm. they got to x point and then they didn't do anything else. Really? I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I just think that maybe towards the latter part of Gen X, it's because they've become um, more woke, so to speak. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I, my opinion, I think the boomers laid a foundation and felt good about They They thought the foundation was 30. Okay. And the Gen X kind of rolled that sturdy, quote unquote. But when I mean, I put sturdy in quotes because it really wasn't sturdy. Okay. Right. And then the millennials uh, are saying uh, they're, they're, they're kind of like the Paul Revere, you know, they're sounding the alarm that, Hey y'all, you ain't sturdy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But so I'd say boomer and gen X probably, Thought they were sturdy, but they weren't. And that's part of that. You know, that's part of our fault where, you know, there was maybe a false sense of security. And and that's when when Rand and I have conversations about uh, the Obama uh, administration and, and we support it. We, we're big supporters, but we, we think, uh, you know, that there was a level where we were lulled into a false sense of security. And yep. and and absolutely. And, um, you know, some of us stayed uh, alert and, and, and paid the price for it because they were critical. I, I just believe you, you hold, you know, I don't care what color the press is. You still hold government accountable anyway, yep. regardless. And, and a lot of people were shunned because they were just holding the government accountable. You know, if you're talking about Tavis and, <laughs> and I, you Professor know, Cornell West, well, let me say this about those two. I'm going to bring this up. I, I think some of that got petty. Some of that got petty. It started off legitimate, and I think some of it got petty. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not just saying them because there were several people who were saying uh, there are a couple of uh, professors on Twitter. Um, it, it, there's an excellent article on um, after uh, the Obama administration that talks about how um, President Obama. Uh, how, how can you say it? He misjudged his white people. And and the way what he mean, what we mean by that is if you you know if you live in the South or if you live anywhere you live you know if you're black and you live in a mixed community you kind of know your levels of who you're dealing with you know and y- y- y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that in terms yeah, of, absolutely because mm-hmm. you you've got you know you've got some really cool white friends who are cool they'll tell you what's up straight up you know then there's some who kind of like the lady who called the call, you know, the barbecue, barbecue Becky and the lady who called, um, you know, the permit police Patty. permit Patty, that's her name. And and then you've got the straight up hardcore, uh, I, I guess, or overt versus covert. You got the straight up, you know, overt racist who, you know, who just come out hardcore. 
And, um, you know, I think probably the first two boomers and Gen X uh, were maybe under the assumption or that the coverts meant well. Maybe. I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. Cool. Y'all got anything to, to you got any thoughts as we as we close the show? Any thoughts? And, and I'll, I'll start over there first. I'll start in Jersey first. You start in Jersey. <laughs> amongst, amongst yourselves. Cunha I'm, should be excommunicated from the black community. <laughs> I was waiting on her to say that. She's been waiting to say that all day. Say it again. <laughs> Cunha should be excommunicated from the black community. And I don't want to hear this argument about mental illness and why he's acting that he is who he is. He's MAGA. He's useless. He and his wife. I don't care if she did get that black woman out of jail. I don't care. And you know what? Um, it, it absolutely has not happened that way. It has not happened based on what you see, based on the support. He still, you know, he still get the support. Yeah. Well, R. Kelly still gets support. People still want to play his songs. Yeah. I mean, that's shown, you know, that that's between you and your guy. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to play him. Leslie goes hard in the paint. I do. Yeah. Like, she like the Vince Carter. <laughs> she like Vince I'm Carter. Tired of, I'm tired of dumb shit. Forgive me, but I'm tired of it. <laughs> she going Vince Carter on y'all. 20 years hard <laughs> in the paint. All right. What about you? Uh, what about you, Donna? I'm t- I am I really want to see something done about all our black men getting shot in the back while running away. I'm, 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 over that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we need to do to get it done. I wish the Black Panther Party would come back because hmm. it's time. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think and, and we always uh, talk about voting, you know, and, and it's so important now that we get the right people in office. But not only that we get the right people in office, but we also encourage the right people to run for office, you know, and, and maybe we'll get more people who um, who understand, you know, that activism is important uh, in, in a lot of these communities. Because if, if you had um, maybe that level of government accountability, first of all, the cop wouldn't have gotten, uh, he, he wouldn't be employed by the city. And, um, you know, again, there's no, no level of conviction. I mean, these, these well, folks. What are we going to do about getting people? Why do we have to still at this point with everything going on? Why do we still have to convince people to come out and vote? That's my, that's, you know. Uh, it's a great question. Donna, that's, Why is it I, that we're still talking about come out to vote? People should be at the polls 24 hours before they open. You know, Donna, I mean, I have that conversation with, when I start talking voting, probably it, I could I could mention it in a group and and out of maybe 10 20 black folks, five or six are going to say, it ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter. And, and I, I know you hear it. I know. I, I mean, and I, I don't understand because that. they don't, don't think that they matter. I, you can't, you look, I can't fix your psyche. It, it doesn't matter to you because you don't even think you matter. There you go. That's if you right. ain't got no self love. Yeah. Yeah. Then voting doesn't matter to you. Right. It matters to me. It matters to me every day and every day it matters to me more. Yep. Every every news yeah. article it matters to me. If you don't your have any kind of love Sorry about that. Go ahead. what not for yourself, then voting is not going to matter for you. Yeah, I agree. 
but you, you you're absolutely right i mean you know i think uh you know you gotta you gotta question or, or at least i'm not gonna question somebody else's worth but you need to question your self-worth you know if you don't believe your own mm-hmm. damn vote matters yeah i agree i agree ladies how, how can uh how can folks connect with y'all and the podcast and how, how can they how can they connect with you well, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Google Play and Google Podcasts, I think it is now. Yes. And Apple Podcasts. Cool. And IG, you can get us at a different 50 podcast. On and that's 50. 5-0. 5-0, yes. A different 50-5-0 podcast. Facebook, we are a different 50. And Twitter, we are a different 50. Very cool. Very cool. So what do, let, me, let me ask you before you go on that. Um, what do people, what kind of, what kind of questions do you get? Do you get questions from your audience about some of the, some of the things you talk about? No. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get questions. Please. Please. <laughs> Question us. They're kind of, they're kind of shy out there. They'll listen, they'll download. They're shy. They won't and as I said, feedback. we're still new. We're still growing our audience, but yeah, yeah please. A different 50 at gmail.com. Please. Yeah. Yeah, I'll support. Send us questions. Send us comments. And I'm going to make sure I put, put your link on the podcast page. Um, you know, and, and everybody out there listening or checking out this podcast, make sure you support them. Uh, I, I definitely agree with your mission. I think, um, you know, that's why I talked about the different generation. I think generations, I think each generation has something to share. Uh, there's there's a uh, a level of education that we can provide each other, and, and I hear it. Uh, there are a couple of folks I follow who mention that all the time. The, the problem, I think, with a lot of uh, maybe our movements is that we don't we don't talk to each other to talk about maybe some mistakes we've made. To yeah, to, you know, you see a lot of these kids, or a lot of you know, when you look at Black Lives Matter, or you look at. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, the, the Gen Z's like uh, the Parkland kids, you know, if you can share something with them that will help them keep moving forward, then why not? It's not criticism per se. It's just, hey, let me help you, you know, um, where, you know, as I think some some maybe some of the organizations take it as criticism, but it's really to help you move forward. So I think it's good that we talk. It's good that people, you know, I don't I don't just listen to uh, podcasts that speak directly to me. I, I listen to podcasts from you know from every age range uh culture just to kind of get an idea of what people are what people are talking about yeah i don't listen to the white i don't listen to the white nationalists though sorry i can't i can't go that far you know but um cool anything else before we wrap it we want to thank you so much for having us on here. We've been looking forward to it. We listen to you all the time and we love your podcast. We appreciate yeah, that. Thank wow. you so much. That we means really, a lot. We really appreciate this. That means a lot. And I hate Rand couldn't be on, but but trust me, he'll have yes, some commentary. Yes, tell Rand we missed him. Yeah, yeah he, we did. Yeah. Rand, you, as you know, Rand is like my anger, uh, my what is it, the uh, Luther, the anger translator. And yes. I love him for that. <laughs> I love him for that. <laughs> I, 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 I like tr- angry man. Yeah, you need that though. I try you need to. That angry man. I try to glue it. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, because because you know, one of the things that somebody I did get a note from somebody said, "Why are you always trying to bring people together?" I'm said, "Well, look, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend in a lot of cases. Yep. So, you know, I don't you, black people alone can't do it with the numbers because we're only 12 percent of the population. So we need allies. You know, there's there's no way candidly that the the civil rights movement would have made it without 
an alliance, you know, without, yeah. uh, you know, the different communities coming together. And unfortunately, you know, in this situation, you know, if we want to move some of the causes forward, we got to have people outside of the community who um, kind of view a lot of what we say and see in solidarity. Does that make sense to y'all? <laughs> it absolutely does. And it's the truth. It's a numbers thing. You know, yep. I, I look at it from a numbers standpoint. So that's why I say what I say. Go to castropolis.net. All of our information on the podcast is there, just like Metropolis, but it's C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S dot net. And uh, every Sunday we stream the show. Uh, so, ladies, I'm telling you, um, it, it has been a pleasure. Uh, Donna, Leslie, Leslie, let me just say, uh, m- music trivia, you my partner. I'm putting you on my team because <laughs> anybody who knows what was it I owe you I'm like well yeah hey, that's a, that's an easy song so, that kinda. stuff didn't even challenge me man <laughs> well on that note again thank you so much for being on the show um, you know I'm, I'm greatly appreciative to both of you for agreeing to do it uh, because you tape on Sundays as well so y'all have a great show today Thank you. Thank you. And with that, uh, episode 94 of GP3 is in the can. And we out of here. Peace. 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 You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB the G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.